Hello and welcome to another edition of Fool's Daily. Woohoo! Another edition. Edition? Why am I calling it an edition? Episode. Dear oh. Dear. Maybe we should maybe we should call it editions because then it goes with like the newspaper icon. That'd be quite cool. Anyway, I'm joined by Conrad. Hello. See? I called it an edition, Conrad. Yeah, well, this is crazy. What was that Bedoying term? <laughs> Let's get at it. This is my new Bedoinger. I've got one of them. <laughs> yeah, but you have to take your trousers off for yours. Oh, nice. Oh, that's good. See, I can go. <laughs> Should we stop this now? Yeah, I have stopped the Bedoinger. It's not... It's not good doing your bedoinger whilst recording. Okay. Bad bedoinger. I've told it off. Hello. Hello. How are you? I am uh, fine. Thank you very much. Good. You had a weekend away. I did. Uh, I had an unusual weekend away in that... You didn't get drunk? I got a little bit tipsy on Saturday. Um, You ate healthily to your Slimming World diet? Well, if I got a bit tipsy on Saturday, that kind of rules that bit out. <laughs> Does that mean that this week we're going to have more? No, oh, I've put on seventy hundred pounds. I think there might be some. Oh, I've only put that on. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> <laughs> some gainage. Yeah. No, I went away to uh, Stockport to the Northwest Gaming Centre, and I helped um, run the UK Nationals uh, the Hordes War Machine UK Nationals okay I was going to say which game there you go <laughs> um, okay so first question have you been fully decam- decontaminated from what the Northwest Gaming Centre well that's a bit uh, harsh isn't it uh, I have had number of baths and shots <laughs> I haven't had the shots yet I'm booked in for that Oh, okay. That's not good, mate. <laughs> Need to have the shots. I'll try that another time then. Okay. So, running there, I thought you were just going to judge painting. Well, you, you kind of get involved in everything at that point then, don't you? So, um, <laughs> that may have almost been like rules queries and things <laughs> though I did try and shy away from them because I think the last time I played was probably about a month ago um, right so yeah no you end up <laughs> essentially I was wearing a press ganger shirt for the weekend um, because all t- all the press gangers obviously they're they're their sort of organized play privateers organized play people so yeah uh, we were asked to wear PG shirts over the weekend so there was Nick and myself predominantly going up there to do the painting judging um, for the event Um, but you soon get involved in other things so you know Halls of War Machine is scenario based it's it's masters scenarios so simple things like going out, organising tables and scenery um collecting zones and markers up at the end of the round and putting them out ready for the next round and stuff like that. So, um, 
but we did a lot of walking. Um, did a lot of walking around to right. do the painting judging because uh, the initial idea was to try and capture who had fully painted armies at um, at registration. But I got that information to um, Bob Watts, who runs Cerberus, who's obviously yeah. PP's partner uh, in Europe, late um, because I, w- I wasn't sure whether I was going up um, at the end of the day because stuff happened. Uh, so he, when I said I was going up on Friday, he said, we've started registering and, uh, they'd registered a number of people. So I thought I can't really depend on that list. So I'm going to have to, uh, just, we just walked around, but okay. yeah. I think All right. So, so next question, how many people were there? I think there was about 114 players. Now, how many people had fully painted armies? Um, <sighs> I don't, I'd say about 40%, 30%, okay. something like that. There were a lot of fully painted armies there, but, you know, it wasn't half and half. Uh, a lot of people have stuff that's painted, but not a fully painted army, so... Right, okay. Um, and how much... How many people had no paint at all? Probably quite a lot. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I, actually, I, I, not, I, I don't think it's as... Me- it wasn't as many as normal, I don't think. There was, as I said, I think the norm is more to have some some stuff painted. I mean, there was there was a guy there playing Menoth, and all he'd done was essentially <clears throat> sprayed everything bone and then dipped it. And do you know what? I sort of looked at it, and I thought from a from a playing perspective and playing against something perspective, he'd made the effort, you know, uh, yep. even though... And, and I suddenly thought of chess chess came into my head straight away you know where you've got black and white um pieces on either side and i thought that's not a bad idea if you you just want to go to that level i i was quite impressed with it actually from a you know just from getting stuff on the board and it it looks okay sort of thing you know Uh, and i think they were based as well so um it i think having stuff painted on the board was more of the norm than not having stuff painted, um, okay. which is probably, uh, you know, it's, it shows the maturity of the scene to a certain certain extent. That'll be the dogs barking then. <laughs> wow. Fair enough. Um, so I can't remember how many passes we went round. We sort of did our initial runs um, probably by Saturday the whole of Saturday, um, made notes on names and armies, um, yeah. and the intention was to shortlist everything by Sunday, um, so that we could get the armies all together at the front and look at them in the same place. Um, which is we, we achieved that, and uh, it was quite it was quite a difficult thing to do, um, as well. I found it difficult. It wasn't like going around in the old WPS days when we had a checklist, you know, has he got three colours? Is it based? Are there standards? Is there some sort of uniformity from a, you know, cohesiveness point of view? That sort of stuff. This right. was... And then both Nick and myself are uh, sort of above average painters, as it were. So we found ourselves looking at technique uh, and we soon discovered that essentially the the armies that were there, the level of painting was not necessarily about the technique. It was about 
the quality of the painting um, and the impact of the painting, you know, the force that they, they'd sort of submitted. So it was, and I think that flummoxed us for a bit because we were sort of going, well, well, actually, that's not very well painted, you know. That's a, but it wasn't about that. It was about what was there sort of thing, you know. So yeah, we had okay. to wind our necks in, as it were, a little bit on that side of things. This wasn't a a crystal brush or a smoke con or something like that. This was this was the best painted army. But um, and we eventually got our three. We had our we decided on positions, and then we sort of ummed and ahed about it and looked at stuff even more, and then swapped them about, and then we were happy. So it was quite it was quite hard actually. Um, oh, okay. When I'd done this before, I think I remember. Um, JTY, Jonathan Taylor York, asked me to look at a Hall's War Machine painting at an event at Maelstrom when Maelstrom was around, and I was I was playing Malifaux at the time right. um, in the little room. Oh, I, re- I remember that. Yeah, so I was kind of nervous about that because, A, JTY had asked me, and he's a pretty decent painter, uh, and B, I did, <laughs> you get worried about getting things wrong. So I walked around the room, Pick three, and he said, oh, so what do you think? And I said, well, A, B, C, and he said, those are the ones I think as well. So I was kind of impressed that I'd got it right. It was like a test, you know. Um, so I know that I've got the background and skill to do that. So it was having that sort of confidence was, was nice to be able to do it. But then looking at the criteria that we were actually judging the painting from and realising that it wasn't right, uh, and then adjusting the judging that we were doing so that uh, that we could get the final positions was uh, was an interesting process as well. But normally I play at the Masters. I think this is um, one of three Masters that I haven't played at now since it started in the UK. Um, and originally I was I was going to be on the reserves list, um, but the reserves list grew very very quickly. So I thought I don't think I'm going to get it get on there this year. And then in the meantime, Bob had asked me to do the painting as well. Right. Um, and as it happened, there was about eight or nine drops anyway, so, so I could have played. But I didn't miss playing. And um, talking to Nick, because Nick hasn't really done anything like this before. Right. Um, he was going to be a spare... Sorry, he was a spare player. Um, and he was very... He seemed to be very hesitant about the fact that he had to play as well. He was looking forward to just chilling sort of thing so uh, it was even in the end uh, he did have an opportunity to, to play on Sunday when more players dropped from um, from over exuberance in the drinking department potentially okay. um, were, they, were they doing badly? they may be doing badly as well yes I hate that uh, and some people left um after round six as well, because they had long, they had to get home basically, and they, so that, I mean that obviously causes problems from a TO perspective, from a from a draw perspective. But they were using tie breaks, so I think that takes care of it very very easily and quickly. Yeah. Um, but talking to Nick on the way back, uh, he enjoyed the experience. I don't think it's something that he'd like to do regularly, and I I feel the same, um, which is why I don't do it regularly anymore. But it was nice to be able to do it, sort of thing, you know. 
and have the experience and and um, it relaxed a little bit. It, you didn't have to worry about the gaming so much, you know. Um, but yeah, there you go. That was my weekend from a painting judging perspective and a TO perspective. Cool. So, so what's the format of the nationals? Uh, at that at that many players, it's seven rounds to get a uh, a player that's won. All so it's the- still not, that's still not enough, though, is it? Uh, for a for a hundred uh, not a hundred and forty players. Fourteen. Oh, 114. I thought you said 140. No, no. Okay, yeah, 114 is all right. Yeah, so, um, and, and there is always a chance that you only go to six rounds as well. Um, but that didn't happen, so we ended up going playing full seven rounds with um, a guy from Scotland called Alasdair Johnston, winning with Signal, uh, running Haley 2 as well. So okay, did he win all his games? He won all his games, yep. Um what was interesting is that there's been a huge errata, well, not a huge errata, there's been a a significant errata uh, of the game in recently, in the last month or two from Privateer Press, um, with some significant changes at a model level, um, which includes Haley too. Uh, her feet. She's meant to be. Sure, she is deemed to be one of the top tier casters in in the game. Right. Uh, she has a particularly powerful feet and uh, has had since since the dawn of time, as it were. Uh, and essentially, it has been nerfed, for want of a better word, to not. It's been weakened. It's not completely ruined it, but it has weakened it. Um, and uh, there was. A huge furore on the on the PP forums, and uh, people have you know stopped playing her. But uh, she, clearly, she is still something that you know a castle that can be used. So it was uh, it was nice to see it to sort of show those people that in the hands of a good player, it, she she's still very competitive. Um, and uh, that's it, really, I suppose. Hmm, cool. Well, congratulations to him. What about the... Uh... The painting? Um, no, what about the... Who came second and third? Second came was, I believe, was Phil Shaw, um, who was playing Kador. Right. And third was a guy called Woot, who was playing... Uh, He's called Woot. Woot or Wout. That is his. Uh, I think that's his surname. I don't know what his first name is. Um, okay. And he was playing Signar as well. Okay. Is that what you used to play? Well, I've still got my Signar, but I'm uh, not playing Signar at the moment. I'm playing my Gators. Is that, is that what in like Mark One you were like the baddest ass around? Oh. See, the baddest ass around. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you like win tournament? I don't think I actually won anything. I won best in faction one year at the Masters, so theoretically I was the best UK signal player in the whole of the UK ever, ever, ever in that. Year. And you still are. No, I'm... if you if you played, you would you would have ripped it up, mate. No, I don't think I think so. I think I would have gone two or three, three, four or two five. Um, Did you miss playing? 
what was really nice was, and I, I haven't done this for a long time, was I, I actually, on the last game, I sat down. Oh, I didn't sit down because I would have blocked the aisle. I stood up and watched um, a significant portion of a game. And uh, I actually interrupted the game a couple of times and said, oh, you've forgotten to do this sort of thing. Um, what? But I... Um, no, 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 stop. You interrupted a game? Yeah. Is that normal at War Machine tournaments? He uh, he um, didn't take a, a leadership test when he suffered casualties, so I reminded him that he had to take that. Didn't... What? Okay, all right. Now this now this is this okay, this is interesting. Why did you remind him? It wasn't you. You weren't playing. Did you remind him because you had because you I were was standing judge? by the game? Yeah, as a judge. Yeah, but if you. Okay, so it was because you were a judge. If you hadn't been wearing the privateer press T-shirt, would you still interrupt the game? No. Right. Okay. So it's because you were a judge. So was it this a top table clash? No, it was probably a high end table. Um, was it going to affect the result of the of the event? No, no, it wouldn't have affected the result of the event. At the okay. Time. This All was right. the last game of the tournament, and I think Ryan came top ten somewhere actually. Okay, so again, why then? Why into why say if the guy's forgotten it? Why say? Because those are the rules, and I was standing there at the time. See, that's interesting because I've TO'd events. Um, I've TO'd events with you, mm. uh, watching your games. Um. And then when people have forgotten things, I have I deliberately don't say anything because it's not my place to say. I've been I in do, many situations where people have been looking over and have told me that I've played something wrong. I've apologised to my opponent and uh, adjusted the game accordingly and learned something. So I actually expect it. I see. I would no. I if people interrupt my game, spectators interrupt my game, then I would go mad. <laughs> but you already are mad. Well, yeah, but I would. Okay, I would go. I would be cross. I find that very interesting that you you would expect that that to happen. Uh, I don't expect it from a player. Uh, I do get annoyed with that, and uh, I, I, um, to the point of basically saying, I have said it before. Who's game? This is our game. Please go away, type thing. <laughs> The dogs agree, you see? Yeah, with me. <laughs> see, that's, so that's, that's an interesting thing. I mean, do, would it, do people in tournaments expect the judges to intervene if they see something being played wrong? I think that's down to the rule set. The, the competitive nature of the game is such that... Uh, I mean, I've been playing. I remember playing a, a particular game of Hall to War Machine, and there, I had mates around me. Uh, mm. And after the game, they explained that something had gone wrong. Um, but they didn't explain during the time. And that was my, and it was my opponent's point. But they said nothing at the time, and that's the. I think that's the nature of the game. Whereas, uh, a, you know, quite often at top tables, a judge will be. Or judge or a TO, because they are two distinct things in, in the PP world, will be sitting by a table watching it and monitoring the game and what, uh, interrupting, and interrupting it. I'm going to interrupt you. Uh, no, why, why, why do you think that is? It's because of the nature of the PP 
rule system. Uh, it is it is very competitive. You know, at that level, at that top end level, especially at the bigger events, you know, the big in, in inverted air quotes, whatever important events, uh, they have this. It is an ethos and a mentality of the of the competitive environment of um, privateers, sports, and war machine. To, to, okay, all right. No, no, this is completely off topic. And so, are you saying that to willfully misrepresentate misrepresent <laughs> things on the table, i.e., cheat or forget things in the heat of the game? Because that's a, that's a player thing. That's nothing to do with the rule set. It's both. Yeah, it's both. They want to that the the official is there to essentially allow the game to be as clean and as fair as possible. And part of that will be to say to interrupt. So, for instance, in the in the on the top table in the last game, the judge was helping to measure movement. The judge was suggesting use of proxy bases to uh, for positional play of and results. You know the end result of where where uh, a figure would end up in a charge or a move, or what the intent of the player's uh, movement was. The judge would remind the guys to stop the clock when there was a rules query uh, and start the clock again subsequently. So okay. that that is the level of um, involvement that. Uh, the TOs and judges in a PP event um, get up to as such, as such. Have I seen that anywhere else? Not really. I've seen TOs and judges get involved in the game in terms of when it's been called over for rulings. I've seen TOs and judges as they walk past potentially saying, you've done that wrong. Um, and I think that is part of their, that is part of their role. See, that's very interesting. Ultimately, it is the two-players game, but I think, you know, I think it is part of the role of a TO to, to interfere when necessary. That sounded wrong. <laughs> no, no, I think it's, I just think it's very interesting. Yeah, okay. Because I, I think I fundamentally disagree with everything you've just said. <laughs> um, and I respect your point of view, but, but well, I respect yours as well. But, but... but the, the the big thing is is that I don't think you understand the level of competitiveness uh, that is in does it that is out there in 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 terms of the the whole ethos of halls and war machine. Uh, okay, so but why does it have that competitiveness? I think it's come I mean, it's from not, again. Again, it's not the it's not the rule set. The rule set. Let's be honest. The rule set is very very clean. Rule set is is the rule set is clean. The rule set is written in such a way that it is it is clean. So then, to accompany that, we have the the organised play documents as well, and. With that, I believe the timer, the timed games, has an impact on that as well. Um, yeah, but what you certainly so you, they've here, created an environment where these TOs are probably necessary. I mean, if you're in a time constraint, uh, 
you're liable to make yeah. mistakes. Yeah, but you're basically saying that the players are cocks. No, I've just said you're liable to make mistakes. I haven't said the players are cocks at all. I've <laughs> said that in a, when you're in under a time constraint, you know, let's take an example. You've got to make an air, uh, you've got, you've got to make a, a time, a meeting or a, a flight. You might, mm. you might forget something. You might forget your ticket. You might forget your money. You might forget your wallet. It's the same thing in a in a in a tournament. You might forget to do something. There's a lot of information to to to. There's a lot of inputs and outputs in the game. So, okay, but so if, so if that's the clock's fault, then then we're going to see exactly the same situation arising Guild Ball. Uh, very probably to a lesser extent because the figure count is a lot less. Um, but the game is fairly new and the permutations of interactions are not known 100%, are they? In the same way that they aren't with PP's game or any game, really, to a certain extent, if you, even if you think of a computer game. Yeah. So nothing is ever 100% perfect. Um and we, as human beings, aren't as well. We forget stuff. I, I go out shopping and forget to put my shorts on. You know. Yes, we all know about that incident. <laughs> we don't need to. We don't need to mention it again, if, do we? If I had a to, he would have reminded me to put my shorts on. See, there you go. That's it. In its simplest form. <laughs> well, actually, to be fair, no, it isn't because every to that I know. Would have let you go out and would have still let you go out and just look like an idiot. And laughed and given yes, place. yes, probably taking photos and posted them. Have you seen this this old man? But it's an you know it's an interesting point. No, I I I, I, I... interesting to see what other people's um, thoughts are on it. So tweet and post. Yeah, because I mean I know people who you know are playing War Machine and stuff who are also top-level Malifaux players. And you don't, see, you don't see that sort of... Intensity is the word I'll use. Um, on the Malifaux tables, that you're sort of implying exists on the top war machine tables. Yeah. I, th- I have seen it. Um, in, yeah? In Malifaux. Um uh, I think I remember Smogcon. It might, I don't. I can't remember what event it was, but the room was deathly quiet. It was like you could hear a pin drop in in that room at one point, um, and it was because everyone had their game head on. I've seen it at the top tables at Malifaux as well. And it is just the level of concentration and total involvement in what they're doing and what players are doing at the time. Um, so, yes, I believe. And, I, and I, I've seen it in fantasy as well. Uh, it may not f- appear as as as, um, as intent as a Hordes and War Machine game, but it, it is the same thing. Chess, you know, you see it in chess, in competitive chess. Uh, yeah. So they do play. People do take it seriously. 
there are moments when you and I, you know, you, I can see it in your face. It's like you're sort of walking around doing your little, uh, your, your little thinking wiggle, and your face is all sort of scrunched up, and you're sort of deciding what to do, and you're jabbering away, and and then you do it. So it happens to all of us. Me, I just, I just listen to the parrot all the time on my shoulder. Thinking wiggle. <laughs> thinking wiggle. It's like a little shuffle you do. I have a thinking wiggle. <laughs> oh, now I'm going to be all paranoid that I'm doing the bloody thinking wiggle. <laughs> well, that conversation went in a completely different way than I was going to. I thought it was going to go. Which is good. Which is which is just shows where this yeah. show, what, what we're capable of. Well, we know what you're capable of. Not a lot without the little blue pills, but <sighs> and uh, a helper to remind me to put my pants on. Yeah, and a pump. A pump. Yeah. Well, I think we ought to go because that turned into a from a short episode into a half hour special. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. That was the Hordes of War Machine. Brilliant. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we did talk about Hordes of War Machine, didn't we? Right. Well, I better go. So I think um, I have been. And I have been. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You can contact Fools Daily on Twitter. We're at Fools Underbar Daily. Or via email, foolsdaily at outlook.com.